This is Carol McLeod, and you're listening to A Jolt of Joy on the Charisma Podcast Network. I am delighted to go digging for gold with you in the unmatched, powerful, restorative, and miraculous Word of God. The name of our current Bible study is Guide Your Mind, Guard Your Heart, Grace Your Tongue, and you're listening to Lesson 6. Today, we will continue to discover what the Bible has to say about human emotions. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's referring to the core of our emotions, preferences, and desires. God has a distinct purpose for your heart, and it's vital that you discover that purpose so that you are able to live fully, richly, and abundantly in Him. Before we begin our Bible study today, I'd love to tell you about one of my books. I've written 11 books that are filled with the richness of the Word of God and the joy that can be yours in Christ. Several years ago, I wrote a book entitled Stormproof as I was dealing with the storm of cancer in my body. During that time, I studied every storm in the Bible and extracted life principles from each one. God cares about the storm that you're in and he's well able to see you through it. Stormproof can be purchased at my website, which is carolmcleodministries.com, on Amazon, CBD, or wherever fine books are sold. But now let's begin. Welcome to Lesson 6 of Guide Your Mind, Guard Your Heart, Grace Your Tongue. Our central verse for our study on emotions is Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for from it flows the issues of life. Okay, are you ready? I'm going to let you in on a fascinating piece of information. Your heart doesn't want to be guarded. Your heart wants to express itself. Your heart wants to ventilate and vomit and groan and explode. But the Bible says to guard your heart. So what we're going to do today is chew on this verse. We're going to tear it apart and figure out what exactly the Holy Spirit is teaching us in this verse. Let's begin with the word heart. So from the Hebrew, heart means your soul, the seat of life, the birthplace of your senses, your emotions and affections, the seat or the foundation of your will and purposes. So your heart in actuality is the part of you that determines how you will act in any given situation in life. Your heart includes what you love and what you don't love, what you feel and how you express those feelings that you feel. Your heart is also part of that, which the Bible refers to as your soul. So does the Bible say to express your heart? No, it doesn't. It says to guard your heart. Now, there are some modern day self-proclaimed gurus who encourage us to express our heart. I like to call that often verbal vomit. You know, I don't see that in the word of God. 
I don't see taking every opportunity to share what's in our heart with others in the word. I I don't see it there. Let's keep studying and I think you'll understand it. Okay, so what do we do with our emotions, with our souls, with, with the things that we love and the things that we hate, with our affections? What, what does the Bible tell us to do with those things? It says to guard them. It doesn't say to express it. It says to guard it. Now, this word guard, again from the ancient Hebrew, means to watch over, to keep, preserve, guard from dangers. Oh, I like that one. To be blockaded to be a watchman over, to guard with fidelity. Let me begin this section by asking you a question, by posing a question to you. If someone asked you to guard their two-year-old, would you let this precious little child out of your sight? No. Would you allow the child to play in the street? No. Would you allow the child to investigate the cleaning supplies under the kitchen sink? No. Would you allow the little one to use the knives in your kitchen drawers as toys? No. You would get dangerous things out of sight, out of view, and out of reach. This is how diligently you must watch your heart. You must keep dangerous things out of sight and out of reach. You know, we all have what I like to call danger triggers. A danger trigger is something that stirs up unhealthy emotional behavior in you or in your soul. And it's very important to identify your danger triggers when it comes to guarding your heart. Does watching a certain show trigger a certain emotion in you? I know for some men and women, listening to music from their teenage years revs up feelings that they had for former boyfriends and girlfriends. That's not good. Don't go there. Reading certain types of books will do the same thing. Being with certain types of people will stir up anger and bitterness in your soul. You must diligently guard your heart like you would a two-year-old and give yourself boundaries when it comes to what you expose your heart to. Your heart or your soul is indeed the two-year-old of your emotional makeup. Your soul likes to throw tantrums, have its own way, and ignore the desires of others. Let's face it, your soul is selfish. Now, not only should you identify your danger triggers physically, but also what is your emotional danger zone? What is that one emotion that often rears its ugly head in your life? Are you an angry person? Are you a worrier? Are you easily offended? Do you walk in self-righteousness? You know, when the least little bit of your dangerous emotion rears its ugly head, bring it back in, guard it, say, no, you're not allowed to go there. No, you're not allowed to touch that. It's much easier to bring the emotion in from just a step or two out than from a mile out, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Let me pose another situation to you. If I were to ask you to keep my mother's diamond ring, would you throw it in the trash? Would you loan it to somebody else? Would you mix raw meat with my mother's diamond ring on your finger? I don't think so. Your heart is of great value to you 
your family, your future, and the kingdom of Christ. It's your treasure. So guard it, keep it, watch it. Again, the Bible doesn't say to express your heart. It says to guard your heart. So let's look at a couple meanings of this word guard. First of all, it was a word picture of blockade, ships coming into port during wartime. And the guard ships would go back and forth in front of a huge piece of territory in front of the port. These guard ships would would go back and forth in front of the port to ensure that no enemy ships would come close, that no enemy ships would trespass. Now, the area that these um, ships would guard was gigantic. It was much larger than the port. It was much larger than the area that they would expect an enemy ship to come in. And you must blockade an enormous area of influence around your heart, especially during times of war, during intense moments in life, during difficult moments in life, during stressful times, when you're dealing with difficult circumstances and dysfunctional people, you must blockade an enormous area of influence in front of the port of your heart. So when you're going through a hard time, when you're in a battle zone, how exactly do you guard your heart? Well, you guard it with the word of God. You ask the Holy Spirit to set up a blockade to guard your emotional responses. Now, another meaning of this word, guard your heart, is to be a watchman over. You need to watch your emotional responses in life with great care. You should never take your eyes off your danger area. If you're a worrier, You're always watching that area of your life. Nope, I refuse to worry. Nope, I'm not going to say that. You need to be diligent even in the dark and ready to shoot down a marauding emotion at the slightest movement. Don't justify unhealthy emotional behavior, but pull it back in and nip it in the bud. Another meaning of the word guard is to guard with fidelity, always faithful, call in the Marines to watch over your heart. Actually, you're the Marine. You're the one who's supposed to be always faithful in guarding your heart. Now, why do we do this? Well, we do it to defend from dangers. Guard your heart above everything else that needs guarding in your life. Nothing in life should be as important as guarding your heart, not guarding your jewels or your retirement or your money or your education or your home. Guard your heart above all else, for from it flows the issues of life. Your emotional responses to life determine the boundaries of your life. Your emotional responses to life determine what comes into your life and what goes out of your life. Your emotions determine how you act and how you treat those around you. Your emotions determine your value system. Your emotions determine whether your life will be like a fresh, life-giving, running water fountain or a putrid, stagnant, infested water not going anywhere. Above all else, guard your heart for it affects everything that you do. You know, if you are able to guard and watch and keep your emotions in check, 
You will ensure that you live a stable life and not a roller coaster existence. You know, I really believe that one of my life's callings, one of my life's messages is to help women in particular, but the rules are the same for men as they are for women, um, deal with emotions according to the word of God. And so as we begin this next section, we'll be reviewing a few things that you might have learned from me in earlier podcasts, but review is always good. Don't tune me out. This is good stuff and it will help you deal effectively with how important it is to guard your heart. So you're made up of three parts. Did you know that? You are a body or your flesh. You are a soul and you are a spirit. Let's talk about your soul and your spirit. Your spirit is higher. It's a higher, more noble part of you while the soul is lower. The spirit is the life principle bestowed upon man by God. The spirit is the part of you that perceives and grasps eternal things. The spirit is the part of you upon which the spirit of God exerts its influence. Martin Luther said this, the spirit is the highest and noblest part of man, which qualifies him to lay hold of incomprehensible eternal, invisible truth. Proverbs 20, 27 talks about the spirit. Let me read it to you. The spirit of man, the Amplified Bible tells us the spirit of man is the factor in human personality, which proceeds immediately from God. So again, the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. Now let's contrast the spirit with your soul. The soul is the seed of your personality, of your feelings, your desires, your affections and aversions. The soul is the birthplace of your emotions. So when the Bible references your soul, it's talking about that which influences your emotional responses to life. Often in the Psalms, David commanded his soul to bless the Lord. Your spirit doesn't need to be commanded to the Lord because your spirit automatically responds to the spirit of God. Your spirit blesses the Lord just like your lungs suck in oxygen. Now your soul, on the other hand, needs a kick in the seat of its pants to get its worship on. Psalm 103.1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. David is commanding his soul to bless the Lord. Soul, you don't have a choice. Soul, you will start to bless the Lord. Now, you would never be able to walk by faith and not by sight if you didn't have a spirit. Your spirit walks by faith. Your soul walks by sight, by feelings and by opinions. Proverbs 18, 14, the strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up and bear? My friend, you need a strong spirit to control your soul, because remember, your soul is the two-year-old of your makeup. 
Your spirit needs to exert its influence over your soul. The mistake that most Western women make is that we focus on our soul so much that we forget that we even have a spirit. We give our spirit only the scraps left over from a very busy and challenging day. But we must, we must, we must, we must feed our spirit every day so that it grows and develops and strengthens. We must feed our spirit with worship, with the word, with prayer, with tithing and fasting and Bible study and commitment to the body of Christ. Now, in closing today, let me just say this. If I had the world's greatest recipe, it was healthy, it was delicious, It was affordable. It was strengthening. It would grace your table with beauty. You would all want it. You would ask me to write it down for you. You know what? I just did. I just told you the world's greatest recipe to live an emotionally healthy life. It's worship, the word, prayer, tithing, fasting, Bible study and commitment to the body of Christ. Your soul needs to submit to your strong spirit, and your spirit needs to guard your soul. But if you haven't developed your spirit, if you haven't added strength and muscle and fortitude and wisdom to your spirit with worship, the word, prayer, tithing, fasting, Bible study, and commitment to the body of Christ, then you're in danger of allowing your soul to throw an outrageous temper tantrum. And none of us wants that. We're on quite the journey, aren't we? I hope that you are motivated to allow the Holy Spirit to do a deep and cleansing work on the issues that have ruled your soul for far too long. If you have any questions or prayer requests, I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at carol at carolmcleodministries.com. Let's pray. Lord, today all I can say is I want more of you and less of me. Father, I want all of you and none of me. Father, I am committed and determined today to guard my heart above all else. Father, I give my outrageous emotions to you and ask you to fill me with the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, I'll see you next time for Lesson 7 on a jolt of joy.